What is going on, everyone? Welcome back. And when I say welcome back, that is not an obligatory welcome back. That is the emphasize that, that is the emphasis on back because it has been a while since we taped a shulable podcast. Or let me rephrase that. It's been a while since we've released a shulable podcast. As my co-host, Mr. David <laughs> Handel, who you just heard his laugh there, can attest. We've taped three episodes of these i believe but oh had, stop. Is, is, one is it two oh, I, I thought it was more than one i thought it was more we than only, one. only one missing episode um there was a post it was right after the season it was like right around um it was right after the season if you guys entered the portal area of college football um but it was never actually released um tech, a few complications on that end uh and then it just it wasn't timely anymore but we'll We'll, we'll probably post some some of those uh, some some clips from it at the end of this pod, but yeah, only one, Eric. Don't 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 come after me about three episodes. Come on, listen, David. I would never come after you. I'm just saying, life moves fast, man. I've got a million things going on. It felt like more than one, but if you say it's one, our illustrious podcast producer extraordinaire, I will take you at your word. Podcast. Producer extraordinaire and co-host, Mr. David Handel. Find him on Twitter at Mr. Handel321. We've got a full house and that it's just us. And that is the house, which has played a large factor in why we, it's been a bit of a challenge to get these episodes out. As you've heard us talk about, you know, we are trying our best to uh, keep the content evenly distributed between FIU and FAU. So that's made it a challenge. But we're going to try our best to keep things going as we are in full swing with the off season. Today, we are taping on February 1st. It is National Signing Day. For those of you who have not, uh, who may be new to this podcast, again, it's been a while, you're not familiar with my voice. I am Eric Henry, FIU beat writer, SB Nation underdog dynasty. The voice that you heard is FIU superfan David Handel. He's my co-host. And uh, I think we're all fired up, David, about National Signing Day. Obviously, it was a quiet signing day for the Panthers as they added the majority of their class, 20 names on the early signing period in December. And as David mentioned, he'll splice in uh, some of the episode that we taped. So you'll hear our thoughts on some of those things, you know, whether it's the transport portal or the offseason, he'll splice in those things. So we won't do a full recap of the Panthers offseason, but we did want to jump into signing day and some other happenings with FIU. The Panthers added one player on today's national sign day to bring the total class to 27 uh, Panthers. It was actually a really nice number considering the amount of players who they uh, had available in conjunction with the amount of players who they lost, which was only two uh, Dorian Hall and, um, Kai and Brumfeld were the only players uh, in terms of who exhausted their eligibility than, of course, the ones who left in the transfer portal. So a really nice number for FIU. Um, Atavius uh, Weaver, Atavius Weaver from North Fort Myers High, uh, 6'3", 225-pound edge rusher is the only player who was added today. But we will go over, not the entire class, because, again, it's not super timely, but David's going to jump in here and give some of the players that he's excited about for the um, – the new additions to the Panthers roster. And I'll do the same jump in, kind of give some sleepers, some names you guys should keep an eye on. But David, you know, that was a long winded intro. Uh, want to let you jump in here, man. You know, it's been a while since the people have heard your voice. Uh, you know, what have you been up to? How's the offseason been treating you? Uh, yeah, man. Talk to the people. It feels good to be back. Um, yeah, it, it, it does. It feels good to be back. Uh, recruiting season's always, always a fun area. Um, spring is going to be here before we even know it. Um, but 
I've been good. I've been good. Uh, I did get the chance to finally, finally make my way up to Tampa. Um, even though I've been there in the past, I haven't, I hadn't been there since honestly, I don't think I've been there since I've known Eric. So this is uh, my first time up there. We, we met up for a bit. Um, and I do have a confession, folks. This is a big one. Salami works kind of well on the Cuban sandwich. I can't lie. I cannot lie. The Tampa Cuban sandwich was pretty good. Um, but yeah, Tampa was a good time. Um, was up there for a weekend. Didn't even realize it was Gasparilla to the week of. And um, yeah, just rolling along with work, life. You know the drill. <laughs> David, can you repeat what you said one more time, please? Just, you know, the crux of the important part. Well, I said, I mean, listen, salami works well on the Cuban sandwich. It does. It Honestly, I'm not going to lie, it works. I, you know, I'm not saying it's better because it's not, but it works. Like, it's, it's a nice touch. I, I, a nice I, do, I, I don't even necessarily need it to be better, right? Because better is subjective, folks. Like... I know the hardcore Miamians love their Cuban sandwich. Better is a subjective phrase. The thing that I have a gripe with is you guys, you people, emphasis on you people, (laughs) tend to act as if salami is some, I don't know, like curse stain on the idea of a Cuban sandwich. And all I've said is just try it. Just try it. Well, now salami is good. good. I mean, it's it's obviously going to add some flavor to it. Um, You know, it's it 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 might still be disrespectful to some, but I you know I'll I'll give it its uh, I'll give it its 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 due. It's it's nice. It's it's nice. I liked it. That is that is all I need in terms of confirmation. (laughs) And 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 one other thing, one other thing before we jump into the the Panthers recruiting class. Can you just admit Tampa is, is it's a it's a fine city. It's in, in terms of in terms of the Tampa sucks. Uh, okay, all right. Well, <laughs> I knew I was asking for a lot for you to both concede that the Cuban sandwich is good here and say that Tampa's a fine city. So no, we had a good. We, it was a good time. Tampa's a, a good time. That you know you know what Tampa is, Eric. Yes, Tampa's a nice a nice weekend spot. You know you're there for too long, you just want to vomit. But you know it's a it's a nice little two day spot. You know what I mean. I, and and that and guess what? It's exactly how I feel about South Florida. So we're good. Exactly. Oh <laughs> uh, no, David. Let's go ahead and, and jump to the the Panthers uh, recruiting class. Dave, who are some of the names that you know really kind of jumped out at you that you're excited about, and kind of give us you know maybe some reasons why you are excited about those names joining FIU, and I'll follow up from there. Yeah, I mean, the first one is going to be uh, very obvious. Um, you can't see what my name in the chat is, uh, folks, but it is Lights Out. Uh, yeah, uh, Keon Jenkins, the QB from Central, I mean, he's the he's the star of the class for sure. Even though I know he's not technically, right, he's not technically the highest rated, or is he? Yeah, I think he is actually. Ignore that. Um, oh, sorry. I didn't. But, were, you, were you asking or stating, David? I was asking actually, but no, I I, I got confused. I th- for a second, I thought it was Jamari Holloman, but um, it's it's not. It's not. Well, it's the, the only the only reason I say that, Dave, is it really depends on what recruiting service you use because I, I believe he's the highest rated on two four seven. I believe on three may have Kyle McNeil rated higher. So, but either, either way, he's like one, two, or three, depending on on which service you use. Yeah. 
Um, no, but for sure. But he's definitely the one that stands out the most. Uh, he's the one that that when he was announced, it was def- it definitely brought you know the biggest surprise because um, he was obviously an Auburn. Um, I don't know if he was committed or just verbal commit. Um, so getting a local guy like that from Central, big name, big star. Um, I'm very excited because I was actually, and, and we, we've spoke about this a little off air and actually just before this call is like, even T.Y. when he was recruited, wasn't a star, but he became a star. Um, this kid is a star coming in. And so he has the opportunity to be probably our first star, local star in a long time. Um, and he, uh, I was actually with uh, uh, Coach McIntyre, and he was telling me that. Um, I hope, I hope Coach Mac doesn't mind me saying this, but he says that one of the first things that he told him was that he was going to pack the cage. Um, and what I was telling Eric is that back in the day, um, the, one of the reasons FIU games were like a big thing in the city, and and honestly, like the last time the cage was ever sold out was during the TY days, and it's because. A lot of people just came to see him. He had become such a big name locally. And honestly, I mean, they did things on him on college game day, things like that. But really locally, a lot of the local guys wanted to just come down and see T.Y. And I'm hoping that this guy, obviously, he pans out. He becomes a star here at FIU and, and really brings that attention our way um, on top of, you know, winning a lot of games. And so I'm very excited. Obviously, you know, quarterback is, you know, it's it's the – most important position in football to most, or I guess not the most to some, um, but he, uh, he, 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 this kid's a dynamic player. I mean, he's got the arm, he's athletic. He's, 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 you know, he's lights out Eric. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for him. I think I speak for most of the FIU faithful in saying that he's definitely the, the number one name on the list, um, to be looking out for, be excited about. And, um, yeah, I'm super super pumped for him. I actually do have a question for you, Eric, kind of regarding him. Do you think there's any chance? I, I don't know, but do you think there's any chance that he he fights for a starting job as a, as a freshman, or or you think for sure he's gonna he's gonna have to sit out a year? Um, yeah. David, it's uh, tough because, because it, it doesn't happen that often. But you've it, it it's happened before, obviously, like with, with other schools. So like, I'm curious. Like, what are the chances? I mean, if this kid has a, a crazy spring, like we're like, all right, we're we're rocking with the, the freshman. I'm glad you repeated the question because I was going to say, in the effort of full transparency that we're taping here, uh, as we're taping this, the report has come out. Credit Matt Zenitz of On Three Sports that FIU offensive line coach Greg Austin will join the Jacksonville Jaguars as an assistant O line coach. I did not hear what you said the first time you asked the question because I was. Uh, doing some reporting, <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you repeated the question the second Which time. Is, that, that is great. That is breaking news. Um, yeah, yeah. So, good luck to him. I mean, <laughs> that's and, and literally, jump to the NFL, but that's that's crazy. David, David could attest. Like it, it literally happened right as um right right when we we sat down. It's like all right, we're gonna start taping. Then it happened. So uh so yeah. But anyhow, to your to your question, um. I'm trying to be objective here, David. I'm trying not to give my opinion because the question you didn't, you didn't ask for my opinion. You asked what are the chances? Um, well, if you want to give your opinion, you're more than welcome. <laughs> well, 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 no, no, let me, let me come to, let me come back to that. Um, 
when you finish. David, the staff is really high on Kewan Jenkins. There's there's just no two ways uh, about it. I wrote this when signing day happened, that um, uh, early signing day happened. I mean, you saw how Mike McIntyre started his presser, right? That, you know, they did the whole mock lights out deal, um, which I, I guess we haven't reported on this podcast. So um, we'll do that, you know, because like I said, we haven't recorded one in a while. So when they, when they uh, held the early signing day presser in December, they did the whole deal where, you know, they flashed the lights on and off in the presser room, in the press conference room. And then Mike McIntyre yelled lights out. And uh, what we'll probably have is David splice that sound in so you can hear it afterwards but um they're they're hyped they're really hyped about Kewan Jenkins I think that job is going to be up for competition now to my opinion listen Grayson James Kewan Jenkins is if he's six, about six foot about a buck 85 buck 90 he's not the physically impressive athlete that uh in terms of size that Grayson James is right with that being said, he does have a very good arm for his size, athletic, playmaking ability, a winner. Like he has all those things. Who he honestly reminds me of, David, coming out of high school, and this may be too dated of a reference for – or maybe maybe not. Um, Dave, you remember Thaddeus Lewis? Is that too too dated for you? I do. No, I, I do remember him. Yeah. Like Thad Lewis – I mean I guess Thad Lewis is 6'2", so maybe he's a little bit bigger, but – I, I, I'd have to go back and look at the numbers. I don't think Thad Lewis was 6'2". He might be 6'2 in cleats, and I don't think he was 6'2 coming out of high school. Um, that, that is a bit of a thicker-built person. I mean, he's probably about 2'2". Nah, yeah, you know what? I'm just, I just looked it up right here. Um, Pro Football Reference has Thad at 6'200", which is basically what Kiwan Jenkins, if you go four years from now, is what he's going to end up being. He could totally end up being that guy, which again, for to bring the audience in, Thaddeus Lewis is a kid from HML, if memory serves me correct, highly of Miami Lakes, and um, went to Duke. And this is Duke before they before Duke became like a perennial bowl contender. I mean, obviously Duke isn't a powerhouse, but this was still the Duke of the era in which they were winning three or four games a year. But still, Thad turned him around and ended up being an NFL quarterback and spent probably a decade in the NFL. Um, am I saying that's Kiwan Jenkins' ceiling? No. But it wouldn't shock me if he turns out to be that type of player, right? So I don't want to discount his, his physical ability. With that being said, David, you watched every FIU game last year. I don't care which quarterback you put back there. It was going to be a challenge considering the offensive line struggles. I think Grayson James held up incredibly well considering um, the challenges he had in front of him at the offensive line. And I just think, I mean, David, again, you, you, you went to games, you've seen Grayson up close. He's a big, big guy, a big kid. And I, I don't think that put you this way. Grayson James has done enough from what I saw in 2022 that he should be the QB one heading into spring. Does that mean that, the, that, that, that he's QB one and there's no competition? No. Uh, Hayden Carlson did show some nice things in that, in that middle Tennessee state game as far as pushing the ball downfield through for over 400 yards against, you know, a pretty solid middle Tennessee defense. Like that is going to play a factor as well. And then you bring in Kiwan Jenkins and then of course, uh, um, Amari Jones from last year, three-star recruit. So does that make sense, David? Like, I think Grayson has done enough in that it shouldn't be, Oh, is Grayson James, the QB one heading into spring? He should be the QB one. He should be getting those first team reps 
in air quotes because it's spring. So, you know, first team reps in air quotes. But that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be a competition. Like, it doesn't mean that he shouldn't have to earn that job again. But he should be the QB1. So hopefully I answered your question as far as how high the coaching staff is on him and whether it's a real possibility. But also gave my opinion as to that. I I do think Grayson James should be the QB1 heading into spring. Yeah, no, I, no, no, it's, you, you totally answered it, and I actually really agree with you because everyone knows I'm part of the, the Grayson Hive, and I, I, I agree that I think he's absolutely earned, you know, going into spring QB1 for sure. Um, and even, even Hayden uh, performed really well in the last game when he was able to come in. So, um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I just was curious if, if there really was a shot at that maybe he does compete for it, so – um yeah good good to know good to know so the next one um the next one i do want to kind of mention technically not a signee um but a transfer uh from our enemies across the streets uh known to many as ucg university of coral gables that's is it i think it's avery huff not avery huff but avery huff four-star guy when he was recruited linebacker he's transferring over to FIU this year and you know hoping that he's going to fill in a spot that we're going to need because we did lose uh Gaethan Bernadell so you know getting a guy with that P5 experience I don't know how much he played at UM to be honest with you um played, but played I, in I, 20 20 something games but most mostly as a reserve David yeah okay and you know he's and he does. He did go enter, you know, UM as a four star. So, um, wanted to hear some thoughts about him and and if you think that. Um, well, I'm assuming he, he's 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 going to be fighting for that starting spot. Um, but you know, it was it was a name, an interesting name that that popped up to me. You know, when going through it. Yeah, it's going to be interesting in my mind. You say that he'll be competing for a starting role. I mean, obviously, he's got a ton of athleticism. Anyone who's got a chance to take a look at his high school film knows, yeah. you know, he was a former four-star recruit, uh, 6'2", you know, around the, the 215, 220-ish range. So definitely on the uh, a lighter side of linebacker, someone who's going to use his speed to make plays. And Coach McIntyre, Mike McIntyre, talked about his excuse me, it's length and athleticism. Uh, I, I will I will hold that thought as far as him starting because I have a player who I think actually should come in and, and be a, a starter immediately. Or I'll put you this way, I think I, I, if you're asking me personally who do I think is going to get the starting job immediately, it's a player that I'll come back to. But yes, I mean, uh, Avery, and you may have something on the pronunciation because Mike McIntyre said it as Avery. I have not heard it as Avery, but um, – you would think that he's going to come in and definitely challenge for a starting role. Most definitely that, that, uh, that is, that is a fact. And, and also, I mean, I guess I, I'm kind of curious, you know, which linebacker spot he's going to play because of course, you know, with the inside linebacker role, you know, that Donovan Manuel is going to be there, right? That's going to be one. Uh, you know, that Sean Peterson jr. Is going to have one of those, uh, that outside linebacker role, kind of that guy who's an outside linebacker slash edge rusher, you know, that's going to be his spot. So, that's a lot. Uh, go ahead, David. That's the MVP of the defense right there. <laughs> well, I would say Demetrius, uh, Demetrius Hill, but you know, or even Gaetan Bernadelle, but you know, it, it still have, have some choices. So it'll be interesting to see which linebacker spot he contends for. But um, yeah, I'll come back when I when I give my players to look for. I'll come back to who I think should uh, have an inside track to that job. Awesome. Um, all right, cool. And then the next one, uh, I kind of made mention to him earlier. 
is uh, Jamari Holloman, you know, from Norland. Listed as a safety, um, 247, but listed, I'm pretty sure, as, as I think, it was AT, ATH is, is athlete. Well, how do, you, how do you get that designation, Eric, out of, out of curiosity? I've always wondered that. Um, but he is a safety. Uh, you know, we, we, we usually don't have too many issues uh, bringing in some, some of those DBs. And, you know, someone who's some, in some rankings the highest ranked player in our class. Some rankings number two, so um, coming in with uh, a lot of you know star power. David, really quick, how that ATH at athlete designation is assigned? Um, it's just kind of where you project at the next level and like how you're being recruited. So if you're being recruited at multiple positions um, and you were used similarly as far as your high school career and how you project, two four seven will give you the athlete ranking, so the athlete designation. So that's how that works. But yeah, Holloman is definitely someone to keep an eye on as well. I mean, he made a lot of plays. Jamari Holloman was actually committed to Colorado. Um, of course the coaching situation happened there. Deion Sanders ended up getting Stolen being, from Deion. Hey, well, <laughs> <laughs> that, that is David, that is David Handel's facts. Uh, which, you know, hey, <laughs> tweet that out, tweet that out. We stole it from Dion. <laughs> yeah. The last guy is coach prime in my mentions. You know, we, <laughs> we already saw how he dismissed the kid uh, at Jackson state, which I, I thought was a load of, load of horse manure, but, that's my uh, um, my opinion there. The the kid uh, Mark uh, Pope, the former Miami receiver who landed, uh, I can't remember where he landed, but nevertheless, if you haven't seen how he dismissed that kid, that's you can find it on Twitter. Anyhow, back to FIU. Yeah, I think Holloman is definitely someone to keep an eye on as well. I mean, it, it, here's the thing, David. Uh, you, what you hope for is, and you know, Mike McIntyre probably won't say this, but this is what you kind of hope for when you, you you're take over a program and you're recruiting, you hope to out-recruit each class, right? Because you're hoping that the talent you're attracting continues to grow and grow to a point where ideally, you know, you, you, it levels off. But in the first two, three years, you're hoping you're out-recruiting each class. And Jamari Holloman is the type of player who really fits into that category for FIU in terms of just talent and ability. I mean, he's someone who, again, the 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 coaching staff of Mike McIntyre, very high on, you know, a kid from Norland, um, he, he obviously projects in, in many places, you know, projects in, in the in the defensive backfield, but could uh, see some time a receiver as well. So I definitely want to keep an eye on David. Nice, nice. So kind of going down this list, um, you know, we, we, we got some two, two new uh, receivers and, and another position that FIU has had a uh, good history in getting, you know, skill, skill positions down, down in Florida. Um, we've, we've been pretty good at, and two of them, uh, first being Kyle McNeil, Dwyer and Luby Maurice from Palm beach central, both three star guys, um, highly ranked on two, four, seven. So very excited to see, you know, what they can do, but the guy I really actually want to ask you about is the top offensive lineman in our class, Jaheim Buchanan, Buchanan. Um, you know, obviously we've, we've talked about it, um, some of the struggles of the O-line, you know, do you think this is because of, you know, our struggles at that position or those positions really? Um, is it, is this something that, that this freshman might, might, might be getting some playing time this year? Um, I personally, I, that's going to be a little bit tough. I, I don't know that Jaheim Buchanan, uh, in my mind, I don't think he, he he's going to come in and start just because I I think you have some other options. Uh, oh, quite I, don't, I, I don't think he's going to start, but I, I think he's going to. Oh, you'll oh, oh, get playing time. Okay, sorry, I thought you meant start. Um, 
which I mean, to an extent in college at the O-line, I mean, you're probably rotating six, seven guys out or, or seven to eight guys out anyhow. Yeah. But in my mind, David, I, I think the name to keep an eye on is Travis Burke. Um, but I'll come back to him when he gets to my section. I, Buchanan is someone who, again, the staff is high on. Um, <laughs> uh, ironic that we just mentioned Greg Austin leaving. I guess we'll have to see how the new offensive line coach feels about the players that he's, he's he has, right? Um, but, you know, I mean, you've got him. you got Daniel Michelle, who's a big boy at 6'5", almost 300 pounds. So that's one to keep an eye on. But, David, in my mind, and I, I'll probably get into this once we start projecting for spring, I'm really focused on some of the guys who didn't play a, a ton last year, maybe played a little bit because of injury, who I do think will um, have some development. Guys like Wyatt Lawson, um, you know, John Bach, um, you know, there are a couple others. Um, Sam Hill, who got some plantum, Philip Houston. So, I, I mean, I just said, you know, so we go Bach, Phil Houston, um, Shamar Habili, Lindell Hudson Jr., uh, Jacob Peace. Uh, there's a name there that I mentioned, uh, Sam Hill, um, Wyatt Lawson. So I just named like six, seven guys right there who I think just based on how I think they'll, they'll develop probably going to have an inside track. And then you look at Travis Burke again, in my mind, and I'm not saying size does everything. Cause if for true FIU fans, they may remember a name, uh, Tajai Breithaupt, who was on the roster during the Butch Davis years, who was like six, eight, three eighty five. Just because you're massive doesn't mean you're going to play it O-line. But yeah. Travis Burke is someone who's played a ton at FCS Gardner-Webb. So I think he's going to step right in. So that's just my opinion right now. But, of course, again, you know, we got to get through sprint. So we'll see how things shape up. Got it. Got it. No, love love the inside, Eric. Um, the, my last one that I am going to note um, is more based off he, – he, he made a lot of noise with his name, Eric. Oh, boy. How is I'm, I'm ready for Pierce it. getting into FIU, baby? <laughs> what what excites you about mr beers well let's start by his name <laughs> that's uh that's essentially uh, besides the fact that he is a three-star tight end his name is is what you know made the noise but i'm very curious to see i mean it's, you know we can use a tight end we just lost one <laughs> So I'll give you a little background on, on Rowdy. I mean, listen, first off, the name, of course, is what it is, right? It's incredible. And I remember being stunned when I heard it the first time. But um, from Valor Christian, which is a, a definitely a big-time program up there in the uh, – in the uh, I think that's the – I think that's the Boulder area, if memory serves me correct. That could be Denver. Um, but there, there have been some players. I want to say the McCaffrey um, brothers – David are all out of Valor Christian, if memory serves me correct. So um, definitely a big-time program there. And comes from an athletic family. I'm going to sound like I'm regurgitating Mike McIntyre's talking points, but he at least has a brother who plays FBS football currently, and I think a sister who plays FBS volleyball, right? So, you know, clearly a, a big kid, not just someone who literally should only be known for his name. I mean, at 6'5", 220, to get as many – I'm a big fan, David, of not trying to just, you know, steal – um you know, the slogan there as far as uh, hybrids from Coach Josh Ergel. But if you can get big athletic kids at tight end, I I think just stack your roster with them, right? I mean, if you have to flip one to D end, then maybe you do that. But one of the things I love about this class, David, is you got six six four Rowdy Beers, six five Braden Staten. Uh, you got Christian Pedersen, 6'4", 240. So big, sizable tight ends. Use those. If there's one thing, David, and I'll use, I'll kind of, 
um, emphasize this when I have my time to kind of go over some things and I want your thoughts on it. But if there's one critique that I would say of last year, as I felt that there were some opportunities to, to really hone in on some size mismatches that really went understated. So with a guy like Rowdy Bears, he obviously gives you that, uh, that element. Dave. Awesome. 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 Eric. Um, I mean, listen, there's a bunch of other, you know, good signees that we've had, but I do, you know, I obviously don't want to spend this whole time going through the entire list. But Eric, I am going to shift it over to you for you know a few names that we we haven't spoken about that might you know that stand out to you, whether they're recruits or transfers. But I am handing it over to you, Eric. Yeah, David. So you know, kind of picking up where you left off. I'll be honest; you went pretty heavy as far as the high school players, and that's expected. You know, definitely as Coach McIntyre and the staff talked about, a lot of homegrown talent. Nine players, ten when you add in. Um, in that early signing class, uh, Travis Burke, who of course came back, uh, is a, a Broward County native. So uh, a lot of South Florida talent coming in, and that's something to be really excited about. I'm going to go to the transfer guys, David, because I think those are, are players who, A, you've seen some production from them on the collegiate level, and B, they really have a chance to make an impact immediately. I'm going to start with that linebacker who I kind of hinted at, someone who I said has a chance to come in and play immediately, and that is Elijah Anderson Taylor. Uh, he is a big linebacker coming from Northern Colorado. He was the big sky conference defensive player of the year. So anytime you're getting a player, not just any old, you know, FCS player, you're getting someone who won conference defensive player of the year and was a, a sophomore all American, the way FCS does are all Americans, David, it's, you have multiple designations. So it's not just one across the board. Um, but he was named by one of the designations as a, uh, all American at that level. So that to me is someone who he, he had 112 tackles, five forced, fumble, five forced fumbles, uh, a total ball hawk. So that's the player, David, in my mind, who I think is going to come in and just like Donovan Manuel did come in from the FCS level, has playing experience, has done it at that level and is, has that size. And I think he should be able to step in. And to be honest, I'd be stunned if he doesn't step in and, and start immediately and uh, take over that role, that uh, that other middle linebacker role that Gaetan Bernadelle held. So uh, I'll definitely, you know, kind of toss back to you, give a few thoughts on that. But yeah, I mean, tell me what you think about when, when you get, you know, a, a 6'2", 235-pound linebacker um, who comes in, again, has that experience and it all really depends. I don't know, David, how you feel. I mean, I also will get your thoughts on this. The FCS versus former four-star recruit at the Power Five level. You know, how you feel about that. But look, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and, and downgrade Elijah Anderson Taylor because he 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 spent his time at FCS and, and you know, was a, a star at that level as opposed to um, Avery Huff, who, again, came in with high school pedigree, but you know, for whatever reason didn't see a lot of playing time in Miami. Yeah, Eric, uh, I am actually very excited. Uh, linebacker, kind of as I mentioned earlier, when I was talking about Rehoff, um, is a position that we did lose our best player. Um, at, you know, one of our captains of the defense, Gaden Berthadel. So, you know, I'll take, all, one, all the depth we can get, and two, if, if this guy's as good as you're saying he is, then I think the position should go to him if he wins it out, obviously. Um, and the second part of it is the FCS, you know, someone who's played in the FCS versus the guy who didn't really play too much at the P5 level. Personally, um, you know, obviously Huff came out of out of high school more highly recruited. Um, you know, he, he's an athletic specimen, was good enough to go play at P5, but 
but I honestly, I kind of lean, and I think with you toward toward the FCS kid um, with the playing time over the P5 kid because, you know, he has purely, he's got that experience, whether or not you want to say it's, it's as, as, as good of an experience as, you know, some of the P5 reps. It doesn't matter. He's got way more experience and way more reps, and I think that can translate more um, onto the fields for FIU. So I'm going to go with you. Yeah, and again, you know, it's not that that you know Avery Huff isn't someone's going to come in and contend, but don't discount Elijah Anderson Taylor. He's someone again who, when you see him on film, reminds you so much of Donovan. And uh, I, you know, listen, I can't speak for Panther fans, but I, I know that I enjoyed watching Donovan play this year. I think Donovan maybe got a little bit overshadowed at the end uh, in relation to Gaithan, but. Donovan Manuel is a hell of a linebacker. I mean, if I could have, if you gave me three Donovan Manuels, you're going to get someone who's going <laughs> to hit really hard and make plays at the line of scrimmage. And, and, you know, I, I, I definitely would take that 10 times over even talking with Elijah. I'd have a chance. If you haven't had a chance, I just published a piece on Elijah Anderson Taylor and the next player I'm going to talk about uh, another FCS transfer and Elijah and Donovan have hit, have hit it off. They're fast friends, they're locker mates. So that's going to be uh that could be the wrecking duo right there for the Panthers next year. But the next player who I am uh, intrigued by, Shamari Lawrence, David. The running back position was one that really kind of almost hard to assess in a sense for the Panthers and that you saw Flex Joseph have flashes. There's only so much you can do, again, when the offensive line has their struggles. But with that being said, Flex is a player who's shown that he was going to be you know, a player for the past few years, even before this past year. So for to see him step into the full-time role, he really did show some things, and I think he earned that with his recognition on a couple postseason, uh, postseason um, all conference teams as well um, in terms of the all star teams. So uh, Flex definitely has his role, but outside of that, you know, it's kind of a young running back room. You have Antonio Patterson, who was someone who I definitely think Panther fans should keep an eye on. Obviously, didn't get a ton of playing time this year as a true freshman, but it, when you even go back to his, his high school career, David, he was someone who. I'm forgetting the kid's name right now, but he shared a backfield with a five-star recruit who went to uh, a big-time Power 5 program. So maybe got a little overshadowed in high school, but had over 1,000 yards uh, as a senior in high school, was an all-purpose guy, can return, can play a factor in the pass game. I think he's going to do a little bit of that at FIU. But you have him and then Kiwan Owens, who, of course, you know, has seen some time at FIU. But with EJ Wilson's departure, you needed some size. You know, Flex is 5'6". Uh, a very thick 5'6", but 5'6". Antonio Patterson's listed at 6 foot. And then, of course, Kiwan is close to the 5'10 on the slight, uh, um, slide of saying, side of things. So when you get Shamari Lawrence, who is 6 foot, about 215 pounds, a kid who uh, is after my heart because he's a Jamaican, you know, uh, uh, grew, up in, grew up in Jamaica, didn't come to the States until he was 13 years old, lands in Broward County and quickly realizes that, you know, you're in South Florida, so if you have speed, you're going to be on the football field. But comes with a, a definitely a track background as well from his time at Blanche Ely and was a a player who didn't see time his first two years at South Dakota State due to injury and, and other things. But it, this past year was the second leading rusher on the team and had some really nice performances. So to get a bigger back than Mike McIntyre emphasized in my phone call with him a couple of weeks ago at six foot two fifteen. Definitely a player I'm keeping my eye on. And another one, I'll give you two more really quick before we, we transition off of uh, the, the signing class. Christian Pedersen, you know, is a kid who began his career at, St- at, at not at Stanford, excuse me, he's from the Stanford area, um, actually went to Tom Brady's old high school, but began his career at Louisville. 
uh, former three-star recruit. I definitely think he's a guy to keep an eye on, again, at 6'4", 240, that type of size at tight end. I, I think he might be the player who's best equipped to step right in immediately, David, and fill Rivaldo Fairweather's spot at tight end. So definitely keep an eye on him. Now, of course, again, you got Braden State and the big kid, 6'5", 235 from Mount Juliet, Tennessee. And uh, as you mentioned, Rowdy Bears, those guys will, will challenge as well. But I'm definitely keeping an eye on um, on Christian Pedersen to come in and, and be that, you know, whether it's a number one or number two tight end. Uh, David, I'm never going to be mad at a tight end duo of Christian Pedersen at 6'4", 240, and then Josiah Miaman at 6'5", you know, almost 250, right? I mean, those are just size mismatches that I, I really, uh, uh, you know, think, again, to kind of touch on what I said earlier, David, I, I think it was a lost opportunity with offensive coordinator David Yost uh, to really take advantage of some of those size mismatches and in specificity, the two tight end, um, two tight end looks, you know, whether it's, you know, 12 personnel or, or I mean, of course, it's going to be 12 because that offense, you really doing one back. You're never really going to see you know, two backs in the backfield. So I really do think there were some lost opportunities. You saw a lot of 12 personnel in that middle Tennessee state game because he kind of had to with the amount of receivers who who were either injured. Of course, Tyrese Chambers you know, was entering the transfer portal, so they were kind of forced to play 12 personnel. I'd love to see more of that um, just in the offense as a whole. And you know, maybe I'll have a chance to ask Coach Yost about that in the offseason in the spring. Maybe there are some current concerns about being able to go fast, you know, or maybe some concerns about being able to spread out the, the offense as much as you'd like. You know? and, and they talked about being able to spread the offense out and get the ball in the hands of the playmakers quickly and let them go. Maybe when you you know you run more twelve personnel, uh, it, it kind of you're relying on the offensive line to hold up and allow for things to to get set up with the tight ends. We'll see. I'd love to ask Coach Yost about that, but I do think there were some lost opportunities there. And then last but not least, um, you talk him a little bit. I, I want to talk talk about him uh, at, at, at length here. Excuse me, getting tongue tied. It's been a long day. Just taped a podcast with Scott Carr for Underdog Dynasty, so I'm running on fumes here. But uh, Kyle McNeil. David at at six foot, a buck seventy. He's not the biggest receiver, but everyone talks about him, this kid, as being a athletic specimen. And to the point where, as you talked about when you were going through the players with the most highly rated uh, on on three and two four seven, Kyle McNeil is actually the player who was rated as the highest uh, rated signee for FIU this class. And again, that's with kids like Jamari Holloman, who was committed to Colorado, with Kiwan Jenkins who was committed to Auburn and with a Louis Maurice who ended up getting uh, some interest at the end, you know, when, when some of those P five offers were coming in from Pitt and Louisville and others. So uh, that's definitely a name to keep an eye on it. And one more, I think is someone who's going to come in and start immediately, David, Jack Daly, six, three, three, 30, three, 35, depending on, you know, who you ask a big kid who made some noise at Bryant, uh, but didn't just make noise was a really productive uh, nose guard, you know, kind of that uh, that that technique that you need there as far as that three four nose guard to come in and play defensive line. David, he is a space eater, but not just a space eater who, who just takes up space and doesn't make plays. He made a lot of tackles at Bryant, so I'll be interested to see how he can come in and make that transition. But in, in my mind, David, you know, this is no disrespect to Devon Strickland, who is is one of the better was one of the better defensive tackles in Conference USA. But Devon Strickland was never really that 3-4 technique defensive tackle, right? He was more of a 4-3 defensive tackle. You can get a big space eater, a big guy who can, you know, really kind of eat up some of those blocks and maybe help guys like, you know, Donovan Manuel and, you know, Elijah Anderson, um, uh, Taylor, and, you know, others make plays at the line of scrimmage. That's going to be huge. And I don't know if you notice this, 
Um, Jordan Garad, as a defensive tackle, started to see a little more time towards the end of the year and really excelled. And I thought one of the things that helped Jordan a little bit, David, was his size in comparison to Devon Strickland. So to be able to get someone who's played in that spot, in that scheme, and is easily the biggest defensive lineman on the roster right now, I think Jack Dale's addition is huge because he can open up things for the linebackers. He can open up things for those defensive ends, you know, guys like um, Keegan Davis, you know, guys like Ty Danzi will be returning, Sean Peterson, uh, some of the others to go, um, Alex Noble, some of the others to go out there and make plays. That'll be huge. Eric, all this talk just has me wanting football season back already. It's actually crazy. crazy. I was talking about – it was my, my uh, buddy of mine yesterday that obviously the Super Bowl is in two weeks, but how the hell did another year of football just pass by already? I'm already I am ready after that event I was at it last night, after recruiting, uh, now after this podcast, Eric, I'm ready to run through a wall, and I'm ready for football. And we FIU is kicking off this, the football season next year. Very excited, um, but yeah, Eric, let's get it this year, man. Let's do it. Definitely exciting time, David. I mean, here's the thing. I will say this. For all of the games that you did miss, I think you missed three of them this year. How many was it? Oh, my God, Eric. I missed two. The two? Okay. I, I'm sorry. I'm just on an exaggeration tip today. You know, I'm exaggerating <laughs> how many podcasts you missed. I'm exaggerating how many games you missed. You did make a lot of spring practices, and I'll be interested. I did. I'm going to be making my return. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to ask Mike McIntyre and company if he's going to open up spring practice like he did last year. I, I do think uh, that's a really cool thing that they did. And, you know, hell, I can't ask for much more as a reporter. If you open up spring practice that that much, I can't ask for, uh, you know, fall practice be open up the same um, because they gave us so much access. So I, I think it's a cool thing that the Panthers did. I, I uh, Again, having talked with Scott Carr earlier today, didn't get a chance to ask him about that, but I do think they are trying to be as fan friendly as possible. So the opportunity to go in there and open up the, uh, the spring practices, I think that'll be cool. And I have no doubt that, um, you know, you'll be <laughs> as at as many as possible, especially those, those Saturday ones. Yeah, no, the set, the Saturday ones are screaming my name, Eric, the, the weekday ones are a bit more difficult for me to get to, but, but yeah, no, if, if that's, if that is indeed a thing this year, I'm definitely going to try to get to as many as I can because those, those were a good time. Those were a good time. I know some of the other fanatics were there too. So, you know, we had some, we had some croquetas and pastes at one, at one of the events. It was almost like a mini tailgate on a, on a Saturday. And, 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 and that's the truth. It was like, yo, it I was. walked out, I walked out of my car and, um, you know, the fellas from section 112, you know, you know, came through and, and offered me stuff, man. It's, it's, it's amazing, man. You know, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of cafecito, like I do. It's, 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 it was a fun vibe. You know what I mean? So, um, so yes, so yes, most definitely. Yeah, Eric, that's, that's that's one thing that that Tampa will never even come close to is having the the proper Cuban cafecito that Miami offers. I, I, listen, no denial here. I mean, I'm in, <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in I'm in love when I the, the closest thing I can, and, and and it's not even and it's not even close. It's just like uh, I don't know if you know this, David. So I'm a big coffee person, right? And I do not do instant coffee. However, however, when your options, when you're in Ruston, Louisiana, or Bowling Green, Kentucky, or uh, not to not to crap on El Paso because El Paso is great food wise, but you ain't getting no cafecito. Um, when your options, uh, I'm trying to think of some conference USA, uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, are like Starbucks or Cafe Bustelo, but instant, 
I'm bringing that coffee with Stella with me on the flight. So yeah, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, 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 the the closest thing because obviously I can't bring like you know an entire brick uh, of cafe Bustella, you know, and just making the coffee maker there. So I just do the instant coffee and and, and boil it in, in the room. But um, but nah, man. Yes, you do not get that in Tampa, and that is something we sorely need. Absolutely. One one of, one of the many things missing. <laughs> <laughs> so with that we will go ahead and close up this podcast we're gonna go ahead and recap we're gonna grab kevin fielder and zach weinberger um yo shout out to fau uh david won't do this but i will um they're having a hell of a year basketball wise that's you know? the end of this podcast that's it that's <laughs> work all the day <laughs> i the reason i mention it is i know kevin and zach are wrapped up in, in hoops coverage so uh maybe a little hard to get them but let's see i'm gonna circle back with kevin and zach and see if we can we get had them too man i'll tell you that we had hey, listen, that, I, I I watched the second half of that game at the bank. At the bank, it was a it was it was a close call. Yo, they've had quite a few close calls. Like, I think eventually they're going to get got, but they, they've they've won enough, and that they're going to be a tournament team. Uh, I mean, I no, mean, it's 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 really cool too. Like, obviously, I hate them with all my guts, but uh, it, it it it's it's cool to see you know that they got ranked one day. FIU will get ranked, and it's going to be sick. But um, yeah, no, they're having a, they're having a crazy good year. It's pretty crazy that the turnaround that they've had the last couple of years. Um, I wish I could say it on the pod, but f them. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll go ahead and close up the episode again. We'll we'll reach out to Kevin and Zach and and get the FAU side of things because they've certainly had an eventful offseason with the arrival of Tom Herman and you know, some of the players that they've been able to secure in the recruiting class. But until then, thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Shulable Pod on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. You can find David on Twitter at the aforementioned Mr. Handel 321. Shout out to the owner and proprietor of Five Reasons Sports, Mr. Ethan Skolnick. You can find Five Reasons Sports on Twitter at the number Five Reasons Sports. So we're going to try to get back in the swing of things, try to crank out some pods, you know, try to give some entertainment, some content, some stuff to, you know, bide your time until we get to the start of spring practice, which, you know, tentatively, I, I, I won't break a date because it, it's still a, it's still up in the air, but tentatively we're looking at about seven ish weeks until we get the start of spring practice. So, um, you know, we're out of football for right now, but it, it's close. It's close to spring ball. So just hang tight. Uh, happy football watching everybody. Take care and uh, we'll catch you on the road.